You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 61. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hi, guys. How are you guys today? Um, I'm recording this like I wasn't even going to record today, but I got inspired. So I thought I'm just going to go sit down and knock this out because I didn't want to let the thoughts go. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll pull up my notes app on my phone or on my iPad, or I use my voice recorder to like record the thoughts at that moment. But sometimes I think it's just better to just sit down and do it. And that goes for anything in life. Sometimes I think I, for me anyway, I will spend more time in trying to put it off, making the notes or doing whatever, and then I'll get sidetracked and go to something else. So today I was like, no, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to record this. And I like sitting down and talking with you guys anyway. So today we're going to talk about something. I was listening to Martha Beck just a little while ago, and she reminded me of a concept that I often think about when it comes to our stories, my story with alienation and, you know, my road to healing. So here goes. We're going to be talking about letting it all fall apart. I'm going to start with a story. So about six months after moving to this home, um, my mom came down to visit and she gifted me a specific kind of passion vine. I don't think she knew that she's got an affinity to passion vines, but she actually gifted me one back in my early 20s down in Miami. When I planted it this time, I planted it on a column that is holding up my back porch. Within four months, this thing had taken over the whole area. One day, I went out to lunch with my dad and I came home. We went around the back of the house for some reason, and I noticed there were all of these wasps swarming around this passion vine. What I didn't know about these plants is that they are the host plant for... The gulf fritillary or the gulf frit caterpillar and the butterfly looks very similar to a monarch butterfly. It's just a smaller version of it. About a week or two earlier, I had only first noticed that there was any caterpillars on that vine. There were little ones like itty bitty teeny tiny. You almost can't see them like the, the head of a pin sort of tiny. And then I saw some really big fat ones. Like I'm picturing a bug's life. And there was that really big fat one. Anyway, couldn't figure it out first. And then I realized it was a huge massacre. The wasps were going after, of course, all these big fat caterpillars and they were killing them. So I, being the pet lover that I am, decided that I was going to bring the remaining caterpillars inside and I was going to figure out how to raise them here so that they could have a chance at life as butterflies. And then eventually I, that turned into raising monarchs and for about a year and a half, I was raising butterflies. So anyway, during that time, I learned many things about the behaviors of caterpillars, of butterflies, and the differences between the gulf frets and the monarchs. And like monarchs, caterpillars will actually eat each other. They are cannibalistic. If the little ones are placed in with the big ones, they'll just eat them if they're in their way. They're savage. That's besides the point. I had no clue what actually happens, goes down in the chrysalis. So if you don't know, the caterpillar goes into their chrysalis, 
And these cells called imaginal cells start to break down and take over the body. But the caterpillar, its immune system tries to kill off these imaginal cells. And so what happens is the caterpillar's body completely liquefies. It turns into soup. The only thing left are these imaginal cells. And a tiny portion of, they're basically like cells from the lungs so that those cells can breathe while it solidifies and reassembles themselves in order to form the butterfly body and the butterfly wings and the legs and all the other things. So the caterpillar goes in, completely liquefies, and then those cells come together, form together to create an entirely new structure. But like I said, in the beginning, the caterpillar resists and the inevitable ends up happening because the imaginal cells are too strong, too plentiful. So it ends up giving in and then that's what happens. And then the the digestive enzymes end up eating it anyway. So in order for the caterpillar to turn into the butterfly, it must surrender and it must allow itself to completely fall apart. It has to be boiled down basically into a liquid to cells and cells alone in order to recreate itself. And so we hear it all the time. We hear people compare the caterpillar to butterfly process, the metamorphosis to their own transformations. I used to think it was kind of cheesy and silly, big whoop, big deal. So they go into a cocoon and they change themselves, they grow some wings and then they're out. Okay. But when I learned what exactly happens inside of their chrysalis and how they, their bodies have to completely break down in order to come out anew, it really resonated. Going through this situation of alienation, for me anyway, this process of breaking down, allowing myself to fall apart from the inside out was so necessary. The allowing part. Last week, I was talking with you guys about resisting or allowing, um, and this fits so perfectly with that theme. Change occurs when something happens in our lives that makes it impossible for us to stay the same. You sitting here listening to me right now, whether you're driving in your car or you've got your earbuds in, you are changing as you're listening. Your mind is changing. Your nails are growing. Your hair is growing. Your skin is regenerating. With each breath you take in, you are chemically changing your body. Change is inevitable. Aging, inevitable, which it wasn't, but we can never really stay the same ever. Do you remember like when you were in middle school or high school even for sure, where you would sign somebody's yearbook or somebody would sign yours and they would write, don't ever change, stay the same. I just always thought that was funny, even back when I was a kid, because I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, how can you stay the same? Also, I just heard it the other day, somebody on one of the shows that I watched that is like the pop culture equivalent to the news. You know that I don't watch the news. But one of the guys, Al on the Daily Blast, was giving a compliment to one of the other hosts' wives. And he was saying, your wife is the same no matter where she goes. You put her in a room no matter who she's with, 
She's the same person. She always has been and she always will be. And I love that. And he was, he said in the past too, he's really into like his whole house is like a rap music tribute to all the old school rap. But he always talks about how he loves seeing artists, you know, rap artists who remains the same and have never changed. And he likes that because he looks at that as if it's a quality of somebody being genuine, authentic, and having integrity, right? But I actually disagree with him wholeheartedly. I think remaining the same, staying in the same mindset with the exact same persona for the duration, I don't think is how I want to be. I want to be constantly improving myself. I know that there's different facets to all of us. And if I'm in a room with a specific type of person, like if I'm with my mother, I am going to behave and talk differently than I do in a room full of colleagues. So I actually disagree with him. The constant striving to be different, to be better. I don't know. It's my goal. Anyway, I'm sure you know that just by listening to this podcast. But I think it's in our nature to resist change because change means unpredictability. Change could mean danger. It's human nature to want to grasp on to what we already have, right? We know it. Even if it's not comfortable, we know it and it's predictable. When we go through something like alienation, your child, children are most likely the most important thing in your life. When your role in their everyday life becomes threatened or is taken away, you are bound to go through some change. So what I think is interesting about the process of metamorphosis is that the caterpillar is resisting. Its immune system is trying to attack these cells and it's fighting against a power that is bigger than him or her. It is resisting something that is inevitable. And what the caterpillar doesn't know is that eventually it's going to turn into this beautiful creature. When we're talking about something like alienation, the amount of breaking down that one must do, that a parent must do in order to move forward is, to me, massive. I think it is inevitable for this experience, this ongoing experience, to constantly be changing you. Me, personally, I prefer to be the one that is doing the change as opposed to the change happening on me. Just like the caterpillar in its chrysalis, when we're resisting, we're fighting a losing battle. And now, Just know when I say this, I don't mean to say that alienation is a losing battle. I mean this change that is bound to happen within you, inside of you. And I believe that the change has much to do with our ego. So when we are resisting like the caterpillar is in the beginning, this looks like um, for us, it would be placing blame. Now, placing blame is completely different than accepting and assigning responsibility. Blaming would be, they did this, now I'm stuck here. It keeps you stunted. And I see so many people out there, myself included, who are doing this 
without even knowing that we're doing this because we believe it's like such a fact when we are in that place where there's some victimhood left over. Some of you, and I mean this with love in my heart, are completely in a victim mindset where you feel like you'll know if this is you, you feel like you can't do A, B, or C because somebody else did this to you. Somebody else put you in the spot. My parents didn't parent me enough. My ex didn't love me enough. My kid's father or mother alienated me and now my life is ruined and now I can't move forward. Do you know what I'm saying? We've all been there. Every single last alienated parent. If you're still there and you feel like you are stuck because of somebody else or maybe even your own self, but if you feel like you have no moves to make, then you are still blaming. Okay? You want to get to a point where instead you can recognize the facts of the situation, but those facts aren't holding you back today. You still have moves to make. That is a a much more empowering place to be. And then you are not resisting. You are actually allowing and moving forward. So it looks like blame. It looks like complaining. It looks like feeling angry, indignant, judgmental, maybe whining, Maybe it looks like defiance, resentment, resentment and blame sort of lives together, coexist. When we are holding on to old resentments, I have, I have a couple of older resentments that I still have not let go of outside of the alienation. Um, and then I have some within the alienation as well, but a person that was a friend of mine that I still find uh, resentment come up whenever I see her appear up on my feed. And so I know I still need to process through that. We all have it. This is ego that is keeping you, holding you back. And so my objective today is just to raise the discussion with you. And my hope is that you will become aware of where it is in your life. Just like I was mentioning last week with the resisting or allowing, Are you allowing for this metamorphosis to take place in your life? Or are you in that resistant stage that the caterpillar is in, in the beginning, where you're resisting the breakdown of you, of your ego? When big things like this happen, something like alienation, it requires you to change, to move forward in an entirely different way than you once were. Of course, we're putting the person who's alienating your children from you aside. I am addressing you and your response to the alienation. I don't want you to think that I am suggesting that the alienating parent or whoever's alienating your kids from you, that they were uh, bearers of your change. This is how it was supposed to happen. And they're not wrong. Not saying that at all. I hope that's making sense. No matter who has instigated the change, where in your life are you resisting still? Where are you wanting to pretend, put your head underneath the covers and pretend like la, 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 it's not happening? Where are you wanting to numb yourself through? I don't want to think about this right now, right? I don't want to deal with this right now. When we use a behavior, no matter what the behavior is, in order to tolerate the current state of our lives, this is also active resistance from our own metamorphosis. So if you want to speed up the process, look at the areas that you are blaming, that you are 
complaining, judging yourself and others, both. Even when we're talking about the person who's alienating your kid from you, the more that you choose to feed that part of your brain that wants to judge them, call them names, even on the inside and tell yourself or tell others what a shitty person they are for doing what they've done and ruining your life. When you do this, you're slowing down your process, your metamorphosis. I know this very well because I speak from experience. <laughs> so I think my message here today is that we can resist it our whole lives. We can not emerge from the, the chrysalis ever and continue to live a life of agony, of unnecessary suffering. Or we can just allow it to all fall apart, trusting knowing, reminding ourselves that it will all come back together and form something even better than we had to begin with. Who I was before is nothing like I am today. And I know I am still, change is constantly happening with me and I'm allowing it today. Well, most days, <laughs> let's be real. But I want to allow it. I've made that, that choice and I continue to make that choice to allow myself to fall apart in order to come back together, in order to be a, an entirely different structure, emotionally, mentally, maybe even a little physically, right? But I think that for me anyway, I choose to believe that, again, alienating parties aside for a second, that this happened with me and I had no choice but to continue to be in friction with this change that is trying to occur, or I can just allow it. I can just allow myself the ego, the fear, the anger to melt away. And I can choose to trust that this process is going to bring me to a spot that is better than definitely where I was, but even where I am today, right? And that trusting, that um, allowing is not only more pleasant, much more pleasant, but it takes so much less energy and so much less time, so much less of a toll on me, on my body, on my mind, on my spirit. And so that's what I'm offering for you guys today, to just allow it, let it all fall apart within you. Let go of resistance. Let go of the judgment on yourself, right? And on anybody in your life, judgment, blame, resentment, complaining, these are only things that keep you stuck in your metamorphosis. It only keeps you from moving forward, okay? So just do some check-ins with yourself, um, especially over this holiday season, but always each time you feel yourself like in a both place throughout the day, throughout the weeks, just ask yourself, am I resisting or am I allowing? How can I allow if I am in resistance? Do I need to blame myself right now? Do I need to blame the other person right now? How can I have agency over myself in this situation and feel empowered to move forward? How can I tell this story as the victor instead of the victim, right? How can I move myself from a place of blame into a place of responsibility, taking responsibility for your life now and what you do with yourself moving forward. 
you know, I've, t- I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite quotes ever, and I always butcher it, but it was Mark Manson. About a year ago, I saw it on one of his Facebook posts and it said, um, other people have the power to fuck up your life. You are the only one with the power to fix it. So it's so true. You know, you are the only one that can move yourself from this spot. Yeah, maybe that person, maybe the alienator did do those things. I'm not even doubting that. Yes, the alienator did do those things. But they're certainly not going to move you out of where you are today into a better place. Only you can do that. And the longer and the more that you concentrate on what they did to get you here, the longer you're going to be sitting in that spot. Because when you're concentrating on what they did and how you don't have any moves, you will never find moves from that spot. From that spot, you are actually allowing them, the alienating party to have control over you and keep you in that jail cell. The only way you can get out of there is when you look for your own steps out. And there are, I promise you, there are those steps to take. I promise, promise you, get on the phone with me or get on a Zoom call with me for a free consult. I'm happy to help you find at least three different options to move from where you are into a new spot, okay? I mean that literally and figuratively. So there's always a move to make. I do know what it feels like to feel blocked and like there are no moves to make. I I know it well. I can remember like it was yesterday. There are no moves to make. There, there is nothing I can do. I am stuck. My kid is gone and I cannot go back in time and put my kid back at my house and do this all over. You can't. But there are moves to make from here. Okay? So there's a story. There's an upgrade in your story. As I was suggesting last week, there's an upgrade to your story that only you can make. Only you can decide what that upgrade's going to be. Okay? So get to work. <laughs> if you're ready for your metamorphosis to take place, you're ready for the change to begin, then start upgrading that story and start allowing the change to happen, okay? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's going to happen anyway. Instead of being at the effect of it, you be the cause of it, okay? All right. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life, even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.